This second season of the Grown Up podcast focuses on transformation and how it can allow anyone to achieve specific life and business goals through coaching. Find out how to dig deeper, think bigger, and discover new opportunities that, among other things, can change and improve life by bringing focus, motivation, and energy into your daily routine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your coaching journey, the new season of Grow Now podcast. My name is Raluca, Raluca Gomeja. I'm an international business owner, speaker, coach, and mostly what I do these days is traveling the world to help individuals, entrepreneurs, business owners to grow their life and their business, to have more time and more energy while making more money. In my travel, I get to meet lots of people, business owners, or what I call business owners to be, or simply regular human beings who struggle more or less with the same topics. I get asked plenty of questions, and some of them, after a while, become a topic of an article, an ebook, or a talk. In this season of your coaching journey, I'll get to answer a question that very often is firstly asked when I meet new people. Where is all this energy coming from? Or how come you have so much energy? There is a quick answer to that, as one can tell when someone's work energizes them. And while I have been born with a fair level of energy, most of it is coming from technique and practice, like most things in life and business. As I am a coach, it's not rare to add a question to any of the questions I get asked. Like in this situation, I will ask, imagine you have all the energy you want. What will be different in your life? This is exactly how each episode will go. I will share with you some secrets and I will give a homework and let you with a question to help you reflect and move forward. While I totally enjoy this podcast, know that no books, no courses, no podcasts, name it, no matter how amazing they might be, can replace the work you do with a coach. The journey is not necessarily pleasant nor joyful every day, but it is worth it. So fasten your seatbelts, take out your notebook, disconnect your phone for the next 15 minutes or so, and come with me into your coaching journey. Hello everyone, and so happy to find you back in this new episode of Your Coaching Journey. In today's episode, we'll be addressing the giver paradox and we'll share five tips to actually resolve it. I hear you, you are a giver. You fuel yourself on the joy of giving. You are here to serve. Even the idea of giving less or stop giving makes you uncomfortable. Like the perspective of cutting out a part of yourself This is how natural and important taking care of others is to you. You are a doctor, you are a nurse, you are an assistant, you are a coach. Your whole life is dedicated to helping others. Giving, it's your second nature, nothing to add. How many of you recognize yourself in this statement or know someone who perfectly matches this description? Well, this episode is for you. Now, long ago, I had a discussion with one of my best friends and he was telling me, well, 
you are a giver. You cannot change it. And that did not resonate with me right away. I have never seen the world as uh, takers and givers, which for a giver, by the way, makes absolute sense. And it makes absolute sense for a taker to take what is there to take, no question asked. And of course, there are some people in between where that have learned to give and take and take and gives. Now, at that time, the way the discussion went put me in a more reflective position. I was really trying to understand a little bit more what is the difference between a giver and a taker. And years ago, when actually I started working as a professional coach, I have seen quite a lot of my clients going into this impressive paradox of the giver. While many of givers relate to the joy of giving to their core values, not all of them are aware of the impact that this may have on themselves on a long run. Yes, giving provides a sense of fulfillment, provides peace, doing what is right, and it makes total sense. Most givers are spending their entire life in adding value to others. That cannot be done for such a long time without a clear feeling of that it's worth it. Now, allow me nonetheless to take a closer look. As a giver, what are your frustrations? What are your wounds? What are your pains? What are your own needs and how do you take care of them? Are you even aware of those? Take a moment to reflect. Do you have a list of frustrations? Do you have a list of your needs? Do you have a list of wishes? Why not? Is this because you never take time for yourself? It is because this is okay. You do have a good back. Um, you can take it all. God made you stronger than others. You are never a victim. You are the one that takes care of victims, right? Now, oh, while all this is beautiful, here are some downsides of this model. We are all energetic forms. We are made of energy and we communicate energy. This is the way we engage through life and exchange with others. There are available tests that are allowing an individual to understand what his, her days, today energy level is, awareness tool that allows one to see not only how much energy he, she spends daily, but also what potential they may have, and mostly what happens with this energy under stress. We deal with energy levels from one to seven in this model. For a giver, the main energy, it's a level four. While this is a beautiful energy, this reveals that almost anyone with a primarily energy level four, meaning the giver, is expecting and experiencing a lot of energy level one, which is the victim, and this is happening under stress. This is explained by a very human characteristic. No matter how much we give, without looking for any returns, when all that we give ends up unappreciated, taken for granted, or not seen as its real value, it is normal to feel disappointed. Like, think about it when you are a mom and you cook for your kids 
and your kids just sit at the table, they eat and they leave without even saying thank you for the plate. Now, of course, in the beginning, you don't pay attention to that. But after a while and another while, how do you feel when they just grow up, eat and they don't feel any appreciation for the work that you have provided and for the meal that you put in on their table? Make sense? The second part is linked to the fact that while giving is nourishing, the human giving energy is not necessarily an endless fountains of resources. It has to feel back. Any individual needs, any individual needs to rest and to recover. A giver also has to recharge. When that is insufficiently taken care of, the energy available to give becomes smaller and smaller. Yet, most givers feel they have no choice but to give. This is when they reach a point where there is, or the, they are actually giving on credit. The giver keeps giving, and different forms of tiredness are slowly but steadily installing a mental, physical, and emotional fatigue. Once that is installed, it's much more difficult to manage it. Sleep may not longer be sufficient to recharge. And finally, as humans, we are looking for love and appreciation. We are also afraid to be rejected, which is one of our major fears. Even when not necessarily aware of it, a giver has often a subconscious mind linked to deserving love. They often believed that the more they give, the more they do the right thing, the more people will appreciate and recognize them as worthy of love. They can give tones and providing someone gives back even one tiny grab, they feel fulfilled and find a reason to keep going. Yet, with time, even those small gestures tend to become rare, absent, and most people will take their support for granted. It is considered normal for the giver to give and for the taker to receive without anything in return. That pushes on one of human red buttons, unfairness, and can lead to sadness or anger or both. When givers stop giving, even for a short while, they tend to feel guilt. Moreover, people in their entourage will complain and behave like a victim blaming the givers they do not longer care, make them feel guilty and powerless. This is a very dangerous place to be, as guilt and powerless are, on the long run, two of the most destructive feelings for any person. The risk or price to pay is most time bigger than expected. In time, that tiredness can seriously affect an individual. The frustration may turn into pains, into illnesses, or even depression or burnouts. The lack of connection that most givers have with their own body ends up by costing them far more than imagine. What will happen next? When you think about it, this is the paradox. The actions givers have taken for so long may end up in not serving their initial goal of making a difference for others. 
So maybe there is a different way to achieve this goal. The key, it's always in the balance. This is what, what I call effective givers and successful people actually do. So here are the five tips. Number one, the less those people are obsessed with giving, the more fluent and balanced the giving is. And even more, it's actually appreciated and valued. The tip is this one. When they don't have something to give, they do not force it. They are okay with not giving everything all the time. They know next day will bring another opportunities for them to manifest their value of giving. The second thought, the less they are attached to the outcome, recognition and gratitude, the less they get affected by the results of their own actions. Put differently, they are focused on the journey, on the intention, on doing their best in the moment, not on what the effect that will have on the people receiving it. This tip is easy. They know how they cannot control. They know they actually have no control on how others receive what they give and what they do with it. The only thing they can control is their own actions and reactions. The tip number three, the effective givers learn how to evacuate and recharge. When they feel frustration, they do admit they need help as well. That they are not superhumans, they are not robots. They reach out, they take it out, they clean it and move on. The best way to do so is working with a professional coach. These professionals are trained not to judge and not to absorb other energy. The tip here, the effective givers know when they need help and are not afraid to admit it or to ask for it. Number four, they are connected to their own body, mind, soul, and spirit. They listen to themselves first. Their high awareness allows them to, care, to take care of themselves without feeling associated guilt. The tip here, actually as an effective givers, they welcome emotions. They validate them as normal to have and they take care of themselves through meditation, rest, walks, things that allow them to disconnect from others and connect to self. And finally, the effective givers are not afraid to stay still. Most givers seem to be in constant movement, rushing, running, doing endless numbers of activities in parallel, and the days are extremely heavy they may realize that while calming their mind may not be as easy to do because most thoughts are associated with loss of time and achievement and their absence causing people problems. You got this, right? The practice may allow an effective giver to face the fact that no one is irreplaceable, a sort particularly hard for a giver, which feel that without giving, they are worthless. But mostly, it will allow them to be far more efficient. This is my final tip. An effective, an effective giver practices 
short unplug moments where they observe more than they do. Unplug yourself. On a final thought, there is nothing that will force a person to give up on their own beliefs, correlated with whom they are, their core values, they own reality and truth. This, art, uh, this episode is not about that. A person changes based on what is meaningful for her, for him. There is nothing wrong with any goals, visions, dreams. In the same time, when the action plan to get there may be the exact source of not achieving it, one may want to try a different path. What if... This new path will not only allow reaching the goal, but as a bonus, it will allow a true manifestation of plenitude and purpose every single time. To all the givers out there listening to me right now, I am so grateful for your gift. We are fully grateful for your gift. It may now be the right time to learn and indulge receiving back. Not only that will be good for you, it will allow you to better serve others. The circle is complete. And as we reach the end of this episode here, well, you guessed this right. Here is your homework. Today and every day of the next week, your homework is to take care of your own needs. Start by making a list of your, of your needs without any judgment. Do you need more love? Do you need more support? Do you need more time? Be as creative as you want. And if you find writing this list difficult because you do not use to think at your own needs, start by something simple. Maybe it's just sleep, for example, or some chocolate, who knows? And let the list open. You can add more each time that comes back to you. Each time you feel a frustration, you can link it to one of your needs, for example. Now, once you have a list with your needs, the second part is to actually think of how you can take care of that need for yourself. So you see, instead of waiting somebody else to take care of that need for you and feel some frustration, this week we'll be starting by taking care of your own list of needs. And if it's that difficult for you to take care of yourself first, Think about it like it was a friend need, not your own. What will you suggest for him or her? How would you take care of a person that has that need? The most important part in this exercise is first to be aware that you do have needs. We all have them. And second, that you can take care of your needs by yourself. And as we reach the end of this episode, I want to leave you with this question. Without taking care of yourself first, how do you think you'll continue to take care of others? And mostly, how does this serve your purpose of being here for others? In the next episode, now that we know more about taking care of ourselves, we'll start exploring the journey of self-love. Till next time, enjoy your week and don't forget to take care of your own needs. This is your coaching journey. Enjoy it. 
Thank you for listening and for more information on her business coaching, ebooks and mastermind programs, please visit mitraluka.com. Thank you.